Hi, I'm Ophelia, and I'm writing a book. Kinda. Join me as I talk through my very self-taught writing process and dish all the gossip on the people, places, and experiences that are soon to be people, places, and experiences in my book. All right, good morning, everybody. Does this sound weird? Oh, can you hear my cat in the background? So one of them's somewhere in the neighborhood. Who knows where he is? But the other one is right outside the door. To be fair, I tried to invite her in, but we have a new puppy, okay? He is so handsome. I just love him so much. His name's Rijon. And yes, I know it's a pretentious, precocious name. I don't, I really don't care. Um, but he's a, he's a, big puppy. Okay. He's going to be a wine reiner. Well, he is a wine reiner. <laughs> it's going gonna, gonna to shape shift. He's a wine reiner and they're like those, um, they're pretty tall and he'll be gray with like these light eyes right now. They're light blue, but she does not get along with him. So whereas like maybe when I'm recording, sometimes I'll let her in. Sometimes she makes a big mess and a lot of noise and I just don't let her in anyways, but he's doing good at like laying on his bed here. So she's pissed about it. So uh, we're just going to be hearing a crying cat in the background, guys. So yeah, that is, that's life. Anyways, okay. This past week has been so busy and so just stressful for so many, for so many reasons. <laughs> oh, that's my life right now. Okay. So last week, you know, I have my Wednesday date in my mind that I'm like, that's when I'm getting podcast out which has been, you know, mildly successful at the most. Last Wednesday, I was all like good to go. And I even recorded like half of the podcast. And then I was like, oh, I'm late for work. And um, we had our spring uh, choir concert that night. So we were getting ready for it. Um, I make the kids like drag the risers over from the choir room, which is like a good, good distance away, pretty much as far away from the theater as you can get. And we get in there and I forgot my keys. Okay. But it's not a big deal. I share the room with the band teacher. So I, and she's in another room at this point in time, since we share the room, we flip flop locations. So I send two of my girls out and I'm like, can you go to, you know, the band teacher where she's at and just ask her to borrow her keys. And then can you grab my bag that has my keys and my computer and everything was in there. Okay. My phone was in there too. So I, I mean, this is very odd to be, I feel like anybody to be without their phone these days, right? Unless you're one of my children, of course, who is grounded and then does not have their phone. So I send them out. We're trying to get the risers on stage. These are big and heavy and ugh, just ridiculous. So five seconds later, it seems like, who knows? It might've been a minute or two. They had not made it to the band teacher's room though. They come running in and they come running in. We're on the high school side. That's where the theater is. We share one. And they come in running with some high school girls and they go, it's a code red, it's a code red. And I'm just trying to process this, you know? Um, and so they said code red. There's a, I can't remember now if they said there was a gunman on campus or whatever, but they said we need to close our doors, shelter in place. So we get the doors closed. I say, okay, everybody backstage. Uh, it's very dark backstage. You can't see anything. I mean, they had to use their, uh, lights on their phones to see back there and they're all back there and they're just 
back in the corners, you know, and I walk around. I'm like, is everybody okay? I said, make sure, you know, just sit down, turn off sounds, don't do anything. And I show them, you know, I say, this is where the back door is. Okay. Like of the uh, theater where like the loading dock where trucks can back into. I said, you know, if there's an emergency, this is our exit strategy. And then I realized I didn't, there's like five doors to this theater, like that people can enter in through. So I said, okay, I'm going to go out because they're on the announcements. They're like, we're in code red. We're in lockdown. Everybody needs to shelter, close all the windows and doors. And I'm like, oh God. Okay. So I'm the one that needs to go and like check all the doors. I warn them. I'm like, if you hear banging on doors, it's me like just making sure they're locked because they're all these double doors. And sometimes if you don't get the smaller part, like, I don't know. Anyways, I went around and of course there's nothing, there's like these doors have these huge windows on them and there's nothing to cover them up. And I was trying to spend, I I was a little curious, like what's going on at campus? Cause these girls had heard because um, the campus supervisors were like yelling at them to get inside. This was before the announcement was even made over the intercom. And I didn't look out though. Cause I was like, well, that's tempting fate. Check the doors, get backstage. I borrow somebody's, one of the girl's phone, because again, I didn't have my phone, and I try calling the front office because I just want to let them know, like, it's concert day, but if they were trying to get a hold of us, like, we are not in our room. We are not there. So, by some weird thing, and I don't know how this happened, but my Apple Watch is working. Okay, so I'm getting text messages still. I don't know if it's because we're on the same Wi-Fi as my phone, even though we were like, distinctly in different places, very out of range of my phone. So one of the students in my class, her mom works at the middle school too. And so she was over at that campus and I was able to text her. I was able to text my husband. You know, I felt like I didn't feel like in super eminent danger. I couldn't hear anything um, or whatnot. So I guess that was, that instinct wasn't triggered, but you know, I was like, i I should text him. I should say, you know, this is what's going on. I love you. And so I'm doing that. And then we're all just like, you know, I'm trying to get everybody to be quiet. But it's like this eerie combination between silence and crying. Okay, everyone's trying to be quiet. But most of the girls, it's an all girls class. And then happens to be the high schoolers that followed us in were also girls. It just, it was heartbreaking, guys. It was heartbreaking. It was just this silent crying thing. You know, girls are whimpering. They're trying not to make noise, but they're crying. And then, you know, the announcement, you know, suspect has been apprehended. Some kid brought a ghost gun onto campus and he had a knife as well. And luckily no shots were fired. I mean, that is like the hugest blessing and nobody was hurt. Um, But then he was making, like, as the cops are taking him away, he's making threats about, you know, somebody coming to finish the work tomorrow. So, of course, you know, the Nega State School, we had, like, hardly anybody on campus, which was, I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Um, So, anyways, needless to say, I was shook up. I didn't finish the podcast. And then I felt like, wow, like, what I was saying didn't even matter in the morning. You know, it's one of those life things where you're like, Whatever was happening, whatever was kind of troubling me then doesn't even matter. And I remember after all this was done, after they released us from lockdown, um, we just kind of, we waited a couple minutes because I felt like 
I wasn't ready to open the doors. I don't think the kids were ready because we had to walk down this middle of street that goes through our school to get to our room. And I mean, there's really nowhere to hide. Okay. So I just felt like we needed to wait a couple of minutes. So we did. And then I asked, you know, are we ready to go back to the classroom? And most everybody was like, there was two of them that were just going to hunker down there for the rest of life. So we did need to move on then, but we get back to the room and it was interesting because girls are just super crying at this point in time, which is fine. Whatever. I'm not crying. I know though that I'm one of those people that in emergency situations and like very intense things, I'm actually very good. I'm very good at compartmentalizing my emotions and I, it really did not occur to me to cry. I did not feel like I needed to. Um, and there was a like another girl who I just adore in the class and she like turns to me and she's just like, is it weird that we're not crying? And there was like three of us there that weren't crying and didn't look like we were like trying to stop ourselves. And I just said, no, you know, it's just people process things different ways. You know, I, I don't know if that's true. I think it is. I know. Well, yes, it is. I have no medical training to say that's true, but it is true. People do process things in in variety of fashions. So I mean, that got me to thinking then, I guess, about the book and the characters. And like, this is, I think, a flaw in me as a writer is I do put myself a little bit too much into all of the characters. So as I'm kind of planning out situations that are happening, 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 I don't foresee any of these three main orphans, you know, Aurora, the boy, and Drain. I don't see any of them as criers. You know, like, why would they cry? You know, they have something to do. It needs to be done. And I think that's a flaw. So this kind of brought it to my attention that there is like, in intense situations, there is a very wide variety of emotions that do happen and that do need to happen. And so this is making me rethink some of their inherent qualities, um, or just not assume that they would all be like me and not cry. You know, I'm not saying I never cry because honestly I do. I cry over like stupid things like a lot. Okay. Like I'm a commercial crier, you know, I, those kind of things, those really will, they'll set me off. But like these intense things, my grandma died last year. Um, and she was my last grandparent. And I remember I'm there. My aunt calls me because she was there. She'd gone to the bathroom and my grandma passed away while she was at the bathroom. And she calls me and she's like, can you come over? So I come over because I'm the first person that can be there. I'm closest. But, you know, I'm like the person that can handle these things. My mom gets there. And it's the three of us there waiting for the people that take away the dead body. And, you know, they're like, is there anything on her? You know, any jewelry and anything? It, like my mom and aunt just could not handle like getting her wedding ring off. And I was like, just, it's fine. Let me get the wedding ring off. Like it's fine. So I I do think I want Aurora to be like this because I do feel like that would suit her personality. But now, so I'm thinking, I'm trying to figure out, by the way, my pop filter broke. (laughs) So I feel like you're hearing a lot more things today coming out of my mouth than like burst than usual. Uh, I'll get a new one or Jimmy rig something up. 
Um, but I'm trying to figure out how to make Drayan and the boy and or one of them still remain strong characters with having that vulnerability of the ability to cry or not handle situations like as gracefully as they as they hope. And this is not me saying I handle situations gracefully because guess what? Well, I can like keep my emotions together. I say weird things like just I replay them in my head forever. Oh, so we had our makeup choir concert then this week. I, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my public speaking is interesting because I just continue to say whatever is just on my mind. It's entertaining. I will, I will give it that. It's entertaining. I have regrets, but it's entertaining to say the least. So whatever. So I need to figure that out. Um, also this week, I've been thinking a lot about like actual settings. So I've, the, the opening of the book, I have like a very clear picture of this, um, this burnt down kingdom, or it's not really burnt down, but it had this spell put on it that cast the fire and then has this thorn bush that's around it encapsulating, um, you know, the, the courtyard and the royals. And then outside of it is, uh, where we find Aurora and she's found the, you know, her soon to be foster parents of sorts. Um, and kind of like I have the next bit in my head and it's kind of this woodsy area and, you know, forest type thing, but, um, I'm equating it more to the forest that I'm used to over here, which has like the giant sequoias and is very misty and is very, I don't know, like cold, like all the time, but I guess most forests probably are like that, right? Just out of all the shade. Anyways, so I'm thinking though, like they, they make this journey and they need to get to drain. So now I'm kind of at this point where, and I'm reading another book where they've gone out into the ocean and they're in this boat. So I'm thinking to myself, do I want this to be like a coastal type setting? Are they going to be on a boat at all? Are they going to do all of this traveling by foot and like horse type creature or... So I think these are some of the things that I really do need to put a little bit more thought into right now, because right now I've been pinpointing activities and not necessarily like a landscape of it. So I'm thinking maybe it would benefit me to like even just like roughly draw out some sort of map or terrain um, of where these characters are actually going. And then I can get even crazier with my post-its and like have post-its of activities on this map of sorts. Um, I mean, I'm no sort of cartographer, um, but I think, I think, I, I think it would be beneficial. I think it would help me bring in these elements that I've just kind of like glanced over because I mean, the landscape really does impact their journey physically it impacts the type of people that live there and then all sorts of things that maybe aren't mentioned in the story, but you know, it's, it's going to impact the culture in general, depending on where you live, what kind of terrain, what kind of climate. So that's something just that I've, I've been thinking about. So yeah, I mean, another thing I've been thinking about, like, so we live on the, um, like the eastern side of the Santa Cruz Mountains. So, you know, it's not a long drive to get over to the ocean, to the uh, 
you know, over the past, but it is a drive. Like I can't see the ocean from my house by any means. But the other morning, it was really cool. It was like uh, the fog, it, it, the mountains, the mountain range stops the fog from the ocean a lot of times. But the other day, and it wasn't super early either, which is bizarre, but the fog was like creeping up and over and it looked like these two pairs of claws just like starting to sneak over the top of the mountains. And I was thinking if that would be something, I know in my book I have like gifts being given from, you know, the heavens and these beings that are up there, these, um, these whispers. And as of now, it's been things that like people could utilize in their everyday lives. Like they were purposeful. They weren't just, um, you know, abstract and whatnot. But I'm wondering if I should like personify some of this, like weather or whatnot. Like if, if there's going to be besides just, you know, a curse of like sleeping or something, do is Stella going to have the ability to have curses that like, um, you know, turn like smoke and fog into beings that like can have powers and can impact the storyline, which I hadn't as of right now, right now it was like, there are beings, you know, people that can have these gifts to, you know, place blessings or cursing curses on people. Um, but it was like a direct, a direct curse. It wasn't like something that would create something that then would enact this turmoil. So thinking about that this week, and I'm going on a trip this weekend. So I'm actually taking my choir. We're going down to Disneyland and we're going to go, uh, they perform in the park. I'm so excited. These girls are ready. They're ready for it. Uh, it's nice for me because, well, we're at the point where I don't have to like do much. Like I'm just going to stand in the audience. Like I'm not on stage. They know their entire set, all of that fun. It's perfect. So I am looking forward though to the bus ride. Okay. It's not short. (laughs) It's not a short drive, but it's a nice charter bus or whatnot. But I was like, this is going to give me an opportunity to delve into some of these things. So I'm bringing my book along with the watercolors and stuff. I'm bringing my travel watercolors around. I always have big dreams of doing a lot of watercolor on vacations. And usually it ends up being one or two. Um, but you know, also that I can do some writing on the bus, you know, I'm nervous that it's going to be offline. And so what if it doesn't save, but we'll figure it out. Um, but that, you know, this will give me some time where I like can focus, whether I do focus or not. That's of course a whole other thing, but I can focus, which is exciting. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So the goal for this week is to do some sort of map or start to like figure out what kind of really, well, mapping is the word, what kind of mapping I'm going to have for all of these, um, you know, events and episodes that are happening. And then two, to actually get a chunk more written. And I think I've just, I've been trying, but without this, I think that was the benefit of the past book where I was like, I need to write every day. And right now there's just been so many, I mean, this thing last week threw everything off. My son broke his jaw. So we've been going through he's had reconstructive surgery and we're doing all these follow-ups all the time. And, um, it just, it's like all these things have been happening, but I will say when I had like that schedule, like I felt like I was a lot more continuous in my thoughts on it. So, uh, hopefully this will springboard that a little bit more. Also, let me know if you want to read any more of what I've got. 
I'm not, I'm probably not going to read more chapters at this point in time, but let me know if you do want to read any of it, because I'd be more than happy to hear what you think and send out a little bit more to you. So with that, I think I'm going to go. All right. Um, thank you for joining me, guys. I really appreciate it. And I, I love the people that have actually talked to me about the podcast and I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, next time, besides talking about what new I have written, I've been really pondering like part of this, you know, it's, it's a fantasy, it's a magical realism book, but I feel like most YA books that sell well have some element of romance in it. And I'm kind of like, my, my last book didn't really have romance. It was like a, a friendship book, like a, like girls going on a vacay thing. So with romance, I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't think I'm the most romantic person in the world, but I want to talk about my concerns on writing romance in like a YA fashion. Like what is appropriate? What's not appropriate? What what would be well responded to, what is going to enhance the story. But I don't want the whole story just to be about a romance because those stories bother me and they send the wrong message to girls that like, you know, if you don't have this grand intense romance that your life is going to be unfulfilling and it's not going to have the purpose that you're hoping it to have. I just want it to be something that is part of it that does affect the storyline, but is not the only catalyst in the story, is not Aurora's only purpose or the other guys. You know, it is something that is part of their life, but not the, you know, instigator of their life. Instigator is not the right word. Mm, I can't think of the word. Oh, well. All right. Anyways, this is Ophelia. I hope you have a great week. See you next Wednesday or sometime around then. Bye.